Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Stock's trying to stabilize here after the worst S&P day since March. First 1.5% sell-off in more than 100 sessions. Busy Friday. Global PMIs watching for a possible expansion of the auto strike. Our roadmap's going to begin with Wall Street's no good. Very bad week. Mm. Stock's poised for some steep losses. S&P, NASDAQ both on track for their worst week since March. Plus, Apple shares their rallying a bit. This is its flagship iPhone. Phone 15 hits stores worldwide. Tim Cook at the GM building in Midtown today, greeting people. Questions, though, about demand still remain. Oh. All right. Well, I said it there, so I read You it. have to just, I mean, what do you need? What does it have to have? What kind of demand do you have to have to have a quick, not, never mind. We're keeping an eye on uh, strikes. Hollywood Studios and the writers are going to meet again today. The UAW preparing to possibly expand its walkout from Detroit's big three. Yeah. Let's begin with the markets after Thursday's sell-off. Jim, uh, selling Rosh Hashanah definitely worked. Do you buy Yom Kippur? Uh, actually, I came out last night with a piece by Larry Williams, who I think is the foremost market historian, who said, be careful, September's going to be terrible. And he came into me this week and he said, okay, uh, cover your shorts yesterday, buy today. Uh, he looked at cycles for short, medium, and long, and they all say that today, next week, we bottom. Now, look, when you come in and you say September's going to be awful, and then suddenly you say it's time to buy, I think that guy has gravitas. Okay, if you say so. He looks like Harvey Keitel. Ah. Anyway, that Winston guy, Wolf. I'll right? do a little. I'll do a little Keitel for you later. I gotta hear him, and then I. Thirty minutes. Him. I'll be there in ten. Um, yes, I think that Larry Williams, who is the market's foremost historian, is saying bye. And I love the fact that we went out on the show and you said, look, September is going to be awful. And boy, September has been hideous. And now, David, time to buy. Time to buy. Yeah. I don't know, but the Yom Kippur Shut up because the cycles did turn, but that holiday, because it's a lunar, doesn't always David cycles, but... I think that this was a very important call. It doesn't always uh, agree with the Fed, Fed calendar where the chairman's going to say well, some things that conceivably there's 5, get people years a bit concerned that, that it's going to be longer. The 5,000-year data? Yeah, the fees net. <laughs> what did the Fed chair say to Abraham 5,000? <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of but, which, uh, Fed blackout window is now... Uh, oh, thank window's heavens. now reopened. we got oh, Cook on no. the tape. And we'll get Kashkari and Daly later on. Yes, yeah, so Kashkari's talking. He's, uh, well, actually, these guys are pretty thoughtful people. But I would say that... I'm going to make a point. I thought yesterday was one of the worst days I've seen in the stock market in a long time. I mean, it was just everything, anything that was positive just went down less than things that were negative. And the market was cascading. And the give up that I saw between three and four was extraordinary. And there were people, particularly say in the real estate investment trust, who just said, you know what? I got to get out of this prologis so badly. I mean, honestly, I have, I have federal real estate on tonight, which is the only one in the utilities. They've raised a, a dividend for 50, more than 50 consecutive years. 
I, the give up yesterday was as if something huge was going to happen. Oh, yeah. The Goldman desk note this morning, floodgates opened yesterday at a substantial uptick in gross activity on our desk, particularly in TMT. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And yet, at the same time, and by the way, do you know that in the end, one of the amazing things is all those deals that were really kind of cascading down kind of made a little comeback. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Instacart and Arm and uh, Clavio. Clavio. He, he's still, hey, look, he calls him Clavio. No, I never went with Clavio. And then I, he's got the wrong name for Instacart. With Don't K- you know what Instacart is? I went with Kaleo. Don't you know what Instacart is? Yeah, yeah I know. Everyone was talking about Bear. that. It's Maple, Maple Bear. It's Maple Bear. So get with the program. Maple Bear. Is that flammable? No. All right, just check. It's not flammable, but I will see you at the club later. Jim, they're all holding. Club? Did you see the piece on Core Club? That <laughs> I did. I don't wear a double-breasted. Nice. See that Robert Frank double-breasted? Very nice. They're all holding their uh, their IPO price. We got a couple of initiations today. BTIG uh, on cart, neutral. Right. And, and then was Susquehanna very, on That was arm. neutral, sell, sell, sell. Neutral. That was one of the most negative neutrals I can come across. Um, you know, and by the way, uh, nobody, nobody likes harm. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's too expensive. Well, the, the, their point on cart was kind of what you said, and that is, in addition to competition from Walmart, Amazon, Dash and Uber can cross-promote, and so they're looking at mid-single-digit uh, GOV growth. Yeah, they put that, that, that piece was, there were more reasons to get out of that stock in that piece. That was, by the way, I thought it was very, very well-written and very convincing, and it made me feel that if you're really in Maple Bear, you may have to change your stripes here. It's kind of like it's me. Let's again. Let's let's remind people there are so few shares available for trading. So few. Doesn't mean you can't go down. No, it doesn't mean it can't go down. But it's not reflective. I I still think to, you could argue to a certain extent of the true underlying fundamentals. Until that lockup expires, you're right. And you get a lot more potential shares. Oh, we get a short squeeze going. I know, but I just yeah, think you that could get a short squeeze. You could, going but I just easily. thought that the piece was an incredibly well reasoned piece about how. Everyone was gunning for them, and finally you, real, you realize why the valuation went down so big. I, by the way, I think Uber and and I think Uber in particular, but also DoorDash, are formidable uh, opponents. And that business, by the way, it, this is not the time to have an expensive system, expensive assist at a at a supermarket when the supermarkets are sticky and, and have bad inflation. It's not. I'm not going to disagree. And I'm a melon feeler. I feel the melons. You feel the melons. You like, right, so you don't want to let somebody from Instacart feel the melons for you. Why would I, for the price? No, I happen to like to go to the supermarket. There's a Whole Foods right near us. I like going there. I like to see what it looks like. I don't find it's an intimidating thing to shop. And I don't want to pay someone a lot of money to shop for me. I mean, what kind of idle nonsense is that? That was another era. I don't know, I'm all lost in the supermarket. I can never shop happily. Jim, you've assembled uh, a number of reasons for this sell-off. Is what is food inflation among them, or overall inflation? Well, concern? yeah. I mean, look, I just—I I was trying to put in context why there are there are rational reasons to sell. That that you just why not locking gains? A lot of hedge funds are up nicely. Why why, you know, why give them up? The strikes amplify what what Phil Lebeau did a piece this morning at five thirty. About what the strikers, what the UAW is doing, it is total class warfare. David, the political climate I wouldn't regard as good. Even the Republicans hate each other. Uh, Fed is very reasoned in what it wants to do. The macro weakness is we heard it from uh, from Gary Steele yesterday from from Splunk. I mean, all Why, these things are happening. What did we hear from him on the macro yesterday? He called macro headwinds. 
this, this was before you um, brought out the rubber hose and you um, read him, didn't read him as Miranda rights. You just went right in, did Station House, kind of a, you know, witness for the prosecution. I got to tell you, you can't. Isn't right it true, it. Mr. Steele? Yep, that was yeah, David. Right, that was David right? Steele. Yeah. Point of order, David. Yes. I, Point I, I of disagree. order. I just asked him why he was selling, <laughs> and he didn't seem to be able to articulate it as well as you might have hoped. Well, why did you take the Giants and get ten? I didn't. Okay. Um, ten and a half. Yeah, I guess the reaction on um, on Splunk Cisco. I mean, we got a couple loop in RBC go to hold 157. I guess uh, not a lot of uh, clarity on execution risk. Jeez, I think this I, morning. I don't know. I, I think that Cisco very much needed to have that uh, the rate of you know they needed a continual ARR. They need a continual revenue stream. That had been the bugaboo. People just said they're still a hardware company. They're not. I genuinely believe that Gary understand cybersecurity. He, what he did with Proofpoint was amazing. I think it was a very good deal. David would think, of course, that uh, because he didn't take stock, you're probably looking at the 10B1 no, he listen, has. No, again, what I find is that a lot of CEOs are programmed to say this is going to be a great deal for everybody. And my point is always, you've made a decision to sell your company at $157 a share. Your shareholders don't care about the future. They're selling now. That's all. He and so it's your employee base that you may be energized as a result of uh, the company, integration with okay, Cisco. The company their, was your customers fall- may be happier. I'm not saying that. The company is falling apart. Okay? It's falling apart. It was leaderless. The CEO disappeared. And, and we you, never found out a thing about why. We never understood. There was never a release about why the CEO left. Right. The company was just falling apart. This man comes in. He turns the company around in a record time, and then he decides to... But they may have missed a cycle, right? Isn't that something they may have missed... Something it, 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 that where I, they're still behind. They are well. I think that they were fighting to keep up because it was very hard without, like Doug Merck would come on the show regularly, the former CEO, and they were always an outlier. People always said, "I don't know who really uses them." It turned out that the client list was was quite strong. Well, it's going to be uh, Cisco's nine to twelve months. By the way, that's why it's trading at a you know. A reason. Was that a segue into Activision that's Blizzard? Nine, that's about are a you? nine and a half percent annualized. Okay. If you go with let's call it nine to twelve months okay. to Activision close. Blizzard. Yes. Cgen. Cgen. Okay. Yes. And Spirit. Spirit, I got nothing for you. The talks broke down. Um, talks broke down. They broke. They, they broke down. Oh, they did. That's what I understand. Wait, what they, talks? Well, they're, they're trying to get the deal done. Yeah. No deal. Uh, and we'll get to Activision and Microsoft. UK? We'll update people on yeah on that and uh, on CGen five. Why was well, there so far. much news today? I mean, it was just inc- and so much research, I and mean, the vast majority of it, in keeping with what I wrote last night, was negative. Just people just saying, you know, the, it was just such a give up that I got to go with Williams to say that yesterday was an important mm. important moment for the market. Mm. Well, you certainly have uh, been sounding off on Apple today. The uh, iPhone 15 kicks off worldwide sales this morning. Tim Cook uh, greeted customers in New York City about an hour ago at the Fifth Avenue flagship. Tech giant hopes its new product is the solution to this dip in smartphone demand. Uh, Apple is coming off a three straight quarterly revenue declines. Jim, you call the 15 a monster this morning. Oh, my God. And by the way, if you want to see monster lines, look no further than China where at one point two weeks ago, can we just go back and rewind the tape where it was like considered to be that the party would uh, you know, detain you if you bought an Apple? Completely untrue. I think that the thing that matters the most that people are very excited about is the weight. The weight, the titanium is so light, David, it's incredible. Uh, when paired with the watch, you can play like hot, cold, cold, you find out where it is. But the camera, 
you can go like this, take a picture like this, and it is not blurred. And that's a remarkable thing. There's so many different aspects of it that I, I will get it as soon ASAP. You will. Oh, absolutely. It's just so different. You get good trade in value. It's so much better. If, by the way, if you drop so it. So you're not one, and you obviously indicated that at the very top of the show, who believes there's any real, should be real concern about overall demand. Absolutely not. There should be no concern. And I, I have, I believe this consumer is very challenged in a lot of different ways. And I think the people who go to the dollar store are not going to buy this. Uh, and there was a couple of research saying that the carriers are not necessarily going to make a difference. That's completely untrue, too, when I speak to the primary carrier. Uh, but I would just say that this, that this is an underrated new addition that I find a big break with the past. Uh, the overall point about uh, weak smartphones globally uh, reflected a bit in this piece in Nikkei that Qualcomm's cutting some jobs in R&D in Shanghai, uh, some jobs in Taiwan, hundreds, not thousands. Right, but no, still. Look, look, there's and, uh, Qualcomm and did get, the, you know, obviously they got the extension of the Apple contract, but, and look, I can say that it's anecdotal. I mean, I, got, I posted a bunch of pictures from China stores. I got another five or six pictures I, I couldn't have posted, I could have posted, but the, the reception for this I find to be a little extraordinary versus what the incremental nature that the press said it had initially. Further, the reviews got better, but I just think that if people tried it, they'd say, wow, this is a very different phone, much more uh, a, a big break with the past. Yeah. I really think that. And other interesting thing, you know, we, we're going to get Nike next week. Um, City Today does some survey work in China, and they argue that consumer intent is favoring local brands over Western brands. We'll see. Yeah, there are two local brands that are doing quite well. I would point out, by the way, that this not that there's a, a series of articles. They're not planning. They're not planning about about Starbucks and how Starbucks is challenged in China, and yet, right at the exact time that people say it's challenged, I would point out that the company just the first innovation tech center, largest manufacturing distribution facility outside of North America open with great fanfare, with government support and attendance this past week. We are now for the first time in 24, year, tw- in 24 years since we opened in Beijing, vertically integrated in China, not mentioned anywhere. And that happened this week, not mentioned anywhere. All we hear about is Luckin and the, the people who used to run Luckin. I don't know, last I looked, Luckin, Chase and Sanborn. That's what I think they are, you bad. You banned, like you're banned from doing any deals in this country because you're charlatans. Okay? He does that thing, he still does it. It never stops. Rend- rendered him speechless. Jim, congrats. Thank you. <laughs> when we come back, uh, the UAW preparing to possibly ramp up strikes against the D3. That deadline, of course, at noon Eastern today, just hours away. Take a look at the pre-market, trying to stabilize. Jim's right, there are a ton of calls. Oh my. Wayfair, Deer, Boeing, <laughs> Charter, Roku, Target, and more when we return. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. 
You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. The UAW set to announce more factory strikes against Detroit's Big Three today if what it calls substantial progress is not made by noon Eastern. Our Phil LeBeau is on the ground in Michigan this morning. Hey, Phil. Hey, Carl. Let me give you a rundown of how this is going to shake out this morning at 10 a.m. So what, about 45 minutes from now, UAW President Sean Fain will go on Facebook Live. That's been his favorite way of communicating with the rank and file. At that time, he will give an update on the talks. And if there's not what he deems serious or substantial progress, then we will likely hear about more strike locations. Is it three? Is it two? Is it one? That remains to be seen. Those locations, workers will start to walk out at 12 noon. The other story that's getting a lot of attention here in Detroit and is raising the ire of auto executives, leaked messages from within the UAW where one of the executives uh, with John Fain was messaging another member of the UAW and said, essentially, we're going to keep this thing going for a while. In the message, it said, if we can keep them, meaning the automakers, wounded for months, they, won't, they don't know what to do. The beauty is we've laid it all out in public and they're still helpless to stop it. If you take a look at shares of GM, Ford and Stellantis, the reason this raises so much anger with the automakers is they continually hear Sean Fain say on Facebook and in interviews, hey, we're here. They don't want to negotiate with us. They're not stepping up to the plate. They're not bargaining in good faith. They filed a complaint with the NLRB. This message goes completely counter to that. And by the way, when you talk with executives at the automakers, they will say time and again, we don't feel like they're the, we don't feel like the UAW is stepping up to the plate. We feel like this is just dragged out and that they have pretty much decided, you know what? We're going on strike, whether it's one or two locations or multiple locations, and we're going to keep this going for many, many weeks. So that's the situation as we wait to hear what uh, new locations may be walking out at noon today. Guys, back to you. Phil, could the Empire be striking back? I mean, it's today they, they take the gloves off. I have to believe that Ford is not going to sit here and take this anymore. I have to believe that they're going to say, listen, get rid of this guy. We'll negotiate with someone real. This is ridiculous. I think it's today. Uh, Jim, I'm not sure. Okay, let, let, let me play this out. If you think that Jim Farley should say, we're not going to deal with Sean Fain anymore, the UAW is going to come back and say, I don't care if you don't like Sean uh, Fain. We elected him. Maybe not by a huge margin, but we elected him to be in charge of this union. And Jim Farley may not like it, but the UAW will come back and say, too bad. That's who we have here. You don't like it, that's the way it goes. Um, So I understand what you're saying. But I, I don't think that the, the solution is for Ford to say, get rid of, of Sean Fain. Well, I Nor think do he, I think that Jim Farley will do that. Well, how about if Jim Farley says, you know what, we're going to close all our plants. We got five months for the strike. Strike when we get, you know, to start dealing with good faith. I, Phil, this was such, I mean, you, you and I communicate. I thought this was such bad faith. I, the, the, I, it is, I do feel a bit of peak because I just thought the bad faith of these messages just made it so someone in the industry has to say, sure. this is not about a deal. This is about corporate sabotage and wrecking these companies. It, these were just egregious messages. 
and, and that's the anger that you hear from auto executives. And look, we all understand the point of a strike is to inflict pain on a company. That you don't go on strike to say, hey, can we please have this? You go on strike to send a message to the pocketbook. And that's what they're doing here. The problem with those leaked messages in the eyes of many auto executives is, look, if, if, if you have no intention on reaching a deal, yeah, let's shut it down. Right. Because then we can at least say, you know, okay, when you're serious, we are ready to talk. But if your plan is, we're just going to continue this, and that's how it's going to go, well then, what's the point of negotiating? Uh, Phil, real quick, I can imagine what the Lebeau meter is showing on the likelihood of a, of a near-term <laughs> settlement, but give it to me. You know, like I used to do that in the 50s where they go, Wee! Uh, look, it's not, it's not going to get resolved anytime soon, David. Uh, and these messages make it clear. Uh, it, what we're going to hear from Sean Fain today, I will be surprised if he says no more strike locations. Let's just put it that way. I think what he's going to say is, we have made it clear this is what we want. He'll run down their list of grievances, and then we will hear, local here, stand up. Local here, stand up, walk out. And that's what they will do at noon. Uh, Phil, we'll be talking to you well before then. Uh, that's our Phil LeBeau watching the progress uh, in the work stoppage this morning. When we come back, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell on this Friday as the Bulls trying to get the ball back somehow. More squawk on the street when we return. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Let's get to a mad dash. Opening bell for this final trading uh, session of the week is two minutes away. Meta. Yeah, David, I know that you're a, an aficionado of Catalyst watches by research companies. Yes, of course. Cities Catalyst put, watches, sure. Yes. I'm, I'm always on alert for catalysts. Right. Well, City's yeah. putting out a catalyst about Meta's got a big uh, festival coming up, 27. Okay. And they're saying you're going to see, this is the 90-day positive catalyst watch, ahead of Meta Connect on 927. We expect your more details around Meta's Gen AI, you know, generative AI, you know that, uh, plans and results in late October. And, David, it may be a huge increase in reels. So I think this is very, very important. I understand that Mark is making incredible progress in this, and the improving online advertising situation could take Meta up big. So Catalyst Watch, Meta, what else do you need? Okay. It's 12 months. It's already up 107%. Year-to-date up almost 150%. Well, all I can tell you is, is that I expect some big things from this conference. And uh, I think that Meta's got... It's Meta, it's Amazon, and it's Google. That's the big, like ABC, NBC, CBS when we were growing up. That was it. It's the big three, uh, what, of AI? Microsoft uh, is not? Oh, advertising. Yeah. yeah, Meta Connect is, I think, Tuesday. Also some comments about the ad market. They believe inflecting higher. Inflecting yeah. higher for these companies. Amazon able to have a, t- a couple tiers. Amazon last night on football, they really, wow. They have stepped up. That was some. That was some very good presentations. Really good. Let's get the opening bell and the CNBC Real Time Exchange. The big board. It is the Prime Minister of Thailand here in New York for the UN 
General Assembly at the NASDAQ. It's the Prime Minister of Vietnam who rang the bell here yesterday. Great allies. Don't get talked enough about because we don't talk much about our allies, which is bad. These guys are great friends. We mentioned uh, some of the action on Ford this morning pre-market. Let's get back to Phil LeBeau with more on that. Hey, Phil. Hey, Carl, call up shares of Ford uh, because this is significant news. Uh, We have learned from a source familiar with the negotiations with the UAW that when UAW President Sean Fain addresses the state of negotiations with all of the automakers coming up at 10 a.m. this morning, uh, he is going to say that there is real progress in the talks with Ford. Now, it is unclear to us at this point if that means that there will not be any strike actions at more locations for Ford or if there will just be more strikes being called at General Motors and Stellantis. But this is significant. This is the first time that the UAW, uh, basically what we understand, that there is some indication from those close to the negotiations that there is substantial progress with one of the automakers. And in this case, it's Ford, and that's what we're going to hear from uh, Sean Fain coming up at 10 a.m. this morning. Guys, back to you. This is what I understand is, is that, he, that Jim Frost was saying, look, to, to Fain, we hired union people, they laid off union people. We have no temporary workers, 10% of their stuff is temporary workers. Stop treating us as if we're GM and Stellantis and be serious or go. And I think that the UAW may be taking Farley up on this. Well, we've long thought that they were further along than General Motors and Stellantis in terms of the negotiations, Jim. Uh, but then we were thrown... Uh, I know. For a, 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 off the track of that when John Payne came out with his messages last week uh, and he took Ford to task. Um, but it's our understanding that there is real progress there between the UAW and Ford. Now, I, I, let's not get carried away. The people that I've talked with have not given any indication that there's going to be an agreement anytime soon. Um, but it is the first time that we have heard about one of the automakers making progress with their uh, discussions with the UAW. Perfect. Phil, appreciate that. Uh, Phil LeBeau will be coming back to you, you uh, quite a bit today. Uh, Jim, meanwhile, got a little more labor peace in Australia with Chevron, LNG. That's 7% of global supply. Yeah, look, I, I have uh, EQT on, which is the biggest in our country tonight. And there's a lot of different cross currents in our country where you know, method, California is trying to make some rules about how much you should be able to have natural gas. Uh, uh, the natural gas that EQT is doing, it's now because of the... Uh, that last pipeline that was done in Congress, they're going to be exporting. There is so, we are going to own this market. I know Australia, I think they're overproducing in Australia. We have enough natural gas to become so much more important than everybody else. Our finding costs are so low. The story's been kind of lost in the whole oil going too high, but natural gas is a sweet spot. We have a lot of companies making $1.60 on that gas. EQT does have a higher cost, but we'll find out tonight. I brought them on because of this. I want to know how it went, what Australia means, what it means for us, but we are just a powerhouse, and I don't think people realize how good we are at it because our president's not a real fossil fuel guy. Right. You think energy is still the most interesting thing going on here, or are we turning corners? Well, I just like net gas. I think right. net gas is, uh, if it's cold in Europe, it's going to be absolutely incredible how much money these companies can make. It'll go to $8, $9. It's not cold, no. But it's be highly unusual if it's, if it's uh, two years in a row. Two years in a row, yeah. But then again, we do have an incredible weather pattern in our country that's much warmer. 
But I just, I really like natural gas here. My favorite is Cotera, which is um, the old Cabot oil and gas merged with Simrex, and they have a dollar finding cost all in, and they are all in. So that's the way to play it. But we'll talk to EQT tonight. Um, let's talk uh, Activision Microsoft again, because uh, the deal is getting closer and closer to closing. Uh, very important uh, news uh, overnight from the CMA saying it considers the restructured deal, makes important changes that substantially address the concerns that set out in relation to the original transaction earlier this year. Earliest to close, probably October 6th, but that does seem to be a, a significant possibility uh, at this point. For, uh, for that transaction, remember that we thought was, for all intents, dead when the CMA right. said no. Uh, and really, there had been no roadmap for companies to do what Microsoft has and Activision have succeeded, it would seem, in doing, namely rolling it back and getting the outcome they wanted. It, you know, the fight here in the U.S. It was never the main fight. It was really the CMA's objections that were thought to be permanent. Uh, because the idea had been that if the FTC did object as they did, you could beat them in court, which they did. Uh, and there's, again, what I uh, told you earlier. Uh, you know, the question now is simply really seems to be one of timing because Microsoft has offered remedies to ensure the terms of the sale of Activision's rights, that is the streaming rights to Ubisoft, are enforceable by the CMA. So really remarkable uh, what Microsoft and Activision were able to accomplish here. And that's why the stock is trading ever so closer to the $95 uh, price. Um, remember, there is an increased reverse break fee, but that is really not going to come into play here very soon. Microsoft will I'm officially so, own. So glad you're pointing this out. One of the things that is amazing about the Apple 15 games, um, a lot of the team that I work with, my team are gamers, and it is just extraordinary. It's Hollywood production, taking these games like an Activision Blizzard game and making it so that it's lifelike, fantastic. Right. You, you'll have to, you'll, you'll have to come over to my house and use. Okay. Gaming night at Jim's? Absolutely. Really? All right. Yeah, and we'll watch, we'll watch Amazon, you know, we'll watch Thursday Night Football. We'll do everything. We'll do it all. Yeah, we'll do, do it all. all. Um, he doesn't even believe me. And the watch, <laughs> he doesn't have the watch. How do you, you know, the watch is just a device to find your phone when you lose your phone. That's great. It also tells time. Wow, that's quite oh, a device. Jim, yes. That's what it's all about, the double tap. He's gone. The watch operates. Is he still there? You're gonna... It reads the blood flow in He's your gone. wrist. It, yes, and I can check his blood flow. <laughs> I can turn off his blood. Can gonna, turn me. You, know, you know what it's going to be? This is called Toto. Toto. You know what Toto is? Turn off the oxygen. <laughs> oh, turn off the oxygen. Toto I thought you. maybe we were making a Wizard of Oz right No, it's here. just Toto. Toto um, partner. Guys, another story uh, that had a big impact on AT&T and Verizon shares was, of course, that Wall Street Journal uh, investigation of um, lead-covered telecommunications cables across the U.S., buried in various places. There were some significant questions raised uh, not soon after about some of the allegations in the story. And, you know, I talked to John Stanky at AT&T a couple of weeks back about it as well. He said, listen, we've done a lot of investigation at this point. We do not see significant risk. The EPA uh, did, at least has done some sampling of its own. Uh, let me read to you from a press release out from, um, from the EPA. Uh, EPA sampled soil for lead in an area near some telecommunications cables in Coal Center, Pennsylvania, and California, Pennsylvania. EPA's scientific review of the data and current conditions in the area indicate that there are no threats 
to the health of people nearby that would warrant an immediate EPA response action. Not seeing much, uh, much of a response here in at and Verizon. They did come back a bit, but you remember how much yes. those stocks were down. The concern being that perhaps, especially AT&T, would have to unearth thousands of miles of cable and remediate to the tune of billions of dollars. That seems to be less and less wow, of an actual chance. that story was so big. Chance. You thought, thought the plaintiff's bar was going to come after him. It, all, it had all the earmark of the next groundwater, PFAS. You tell me it wasn't that significant? Well, it, you know, it's something that continues to bear watching. But the EPA, they did say, listen, the results that they did show some soil samples had lead concentrations above an EPA screening level of 400 parts. Um, but they were primarily covered with grass. Well-maintained grass provides a natural barrier to reduce exposure and a good cover to prevent soil dust from being easily kicked up. And so they said, this is not where children gather, and it's not a, not a concern. Wow. Um, that was a long, long investigation that yeah, they did. was. It was, without a doubt. Is that much to do about nothing? I don't want to say that, Jim, but I do think oh. that there were some questions raised and continue to be some questions raised about the validity of some of the sampling that they did. That's amazing. And here I thought he was going to do the one oak gel midstream deal. No, I'm not doing that. You did this. I did this. Yeah, you should. I got some other things I can do, too. But well, you want to update on CGen and Pfizer? I happen to know that the bladder cancer's endpoints were met. And that's, they were? That's that same drug that they use with Keytruda. That's a great combination. I want that deal closed. Yeah. The question on, the, on Pfizer closing the deal, of course, continues to be Merck. when are they going to be asserting compliance right. with the second right. request from the FTC? But you can see positive response in CGen on what Jim just mentioned, which right. was... Uh, this EV302 hitting its endpoints uh, and supporting label expansion. And uh, again, just nobody was questioning whether Pfizer didn't want to buy the company, but right. there were some questions about whether this particular drug would be a success. It's 229 a share, remember, so it is moving. Right. Uh, Can't give people too that. much hope. I mean, it's very, you know, these, I always find that the old CGM, when I would talk to them, Seattle Genetics, would urge me not to say, listen, these are cures, but. It's great that they met the And then we've talked a lot about Pfizer's performance this year, of course, after, oh, I don't know, what were COVID sales? 50, 60, 70? I don't even know what the billion number was. Um, and obviously helped, helped what? get rid of the COVID pandemic, right. that being Pfizer. But when you look at the stock over the last 20 years, it's done nothing. No, it's not been great. Um, and that's the last year. Obviously, it did have the spike as a result of there, but... There's, there's going way back. I mean, that's just not what you're looking for, 11%. Um, maybe when they close CGen, obviously some of the money that was taken in yeah. used to acquire this company, they will have a new investment story they can start to sell they to. They have fantastic anti-cancer, fantastic uh, platform. It's a platform. It's not just, you know. Yeah. And I like that. Like, it reminds me of Keytruda with Merck, which they're partners. Um, I don't know. It's an important deal. Remember, they bought the Biohaven um because I was the chief spokesman for American Migraine Foundation. They bought the bio, they bio, bio, bio they bought your tech, that's right. and they I don't think they've done nearly enough with that truck. Um, but the idea is that some of the bene- some of the revenues and or profits that they received from, of course, the COVID vaccine would go towards trying to fuel new areas for Pfizer to uh, to move ahead. There's a great work. Um, I stay on that. We will, by the way, don't have updates really on timing. Uh, again, we're still waiting for them to assert compliance with the second request, that is Pfizer and CGen with the FTC to get that deal uh, done Excellent. or to be in a position to close it. Uh, Jim, uh, industrials, uh, Deere, lowest since June, Boeing, lowest since uh, May, 
Boeing's down 11% for yeah. the month, and now we got this downgrade today Boy, over it, at CFRA. It was a downgrade. It was just, it had no uh, new facts to it. It was just kind of like, hey, listen, it's not doing that well. I don't mean to belittle. I'm just saying that that's part of what I was saying last night, which is that you can knock a stock over the feather. I mean, dear, everyone knows that there was no ag super cycle. It sells at 11 times earnings now. They, they had laid off some people, and now suddenly no one wants to own ag. Uh, and ag was a super cycle. Uh, got the same call last week out of Evercore. Exactly. Basically, ag schedules in Europe, uh, uh, inventories building uh, for used. Yeah, and I would have thought, Carl, that somehow that negative story would have been discounted in deer stock, and it wasn't at all. Another negative deer, and it hits again. That's a sign of a very tough market. But I, you know, against that is still the I care about Larry Williams' call because he was so negative, but. I also think that uh, we, the only thing that people seem to want to buy is the uh, oils, that super cycle piece uh, that we saw this morning. J.P. Morgan? J.P. Morgan. Yes. I thought that was a terrible piece because, you know, I hate super cycles. Well, their but, point is largely the stocks haven't kept up with the, the commodity exactly, price. Well, great. Well, that's just a lot of a lot of effort. But it is a terrible moment right tomorrow. Right now is a terrible moment in the market where you can say something negative. That Boeing piece, all it said was like, Boeing's not doing as well as we thought. And Boeing goes down big on that. What kind of market is this, David? What kind of market is this, Jim? I'll ask you. It's a market that says to me that we are so negative that be careful. Things could rally. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's too negative. You can't have the same are same pieces of research come out every day and the stock drops the same amount every day because of pieces that we already know, that doesn't stand up under close scrutiny. Okay. 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 I'll accept that. I'll Co- accept that. A couple pieces about um, fees going higher. One is Amazon going to bring in ads I next year. That was a big piece. Two ninety nine if you want to avoid the ads. And that then McDonald's big. raising their, their fees on franchisees for the first time in 30 years. That was very interesting because I had Wingstop, which they, they're keeping the franchisees. It's $400,000. You could make $2 million soon. Right now it's $1.7 million for average unit volume. But, I mean, you could see they could raise theirs because uh, there are not a lot of Wingstops. They, most of the Wingstop areas are taken. But this is a big move by McDonald's. And this should be up to $3. Why does it be up to $3? It's like, uh, this can't stand. You can't have really big news that's great and a stock not go much at all. You just can't. This doesn't make sense. The only thing that's going up is the refiners, which you mentioned yesterday, because their margins are so big. I, I, I just don't think this market's as bad as, it's, it's just, it's, it can't stay this negative. Um, it just can't. Another stock that is up is Charter. Uh, uh, Carl mentioned that there's an upgrade this morning over at uh, Wells Fargo, upgrade to overweight. They uh, say the worst of cable is behind it, and Charter is the clearest expression of the new normal. Of course, Charter uh, having just emerged from that fight with Disney. Mm-hmm. With, uh, and, you know, I think the longer-term plan at a, a company like this is sort of be, connect you to everything, and for, you know, whether it's wireless, broadband, right. and if video's a part of it, total connectivity, one bill, one, that's a ways away, but that's sort of the... That's sort of a longer-term goal. They seem positive on the, what their rural growth and video as well, contributing to EBITDA acceleration is what Wells Fargo says. But that's a good piece. That's value-added piece. That's something no one was thinking. 
That's what I want to see right now. Yeah. Not I'm neg- as negative on NVIDIA as everybody else, okay? You know what? It's time to sell Oracle. I can't stand Microsoft. These are people who just throw, they're towel throwers. Yeah. They're just towel throwers. And he, he does ask the question at the end, why not upgrade Comcast, our parent company? And it does appear it's because of the continued further investments in content and experiences. That obviously includes streaming. Yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> nothing makes nothing makes Jim sadder than mentioning Peacock. Forty-five dollars. What's forty-five dollars? Take forty-five to the bank. Oh, you mean? Uh, is it? A, that's yeah. a, It's epoxied to forty-five right now, right? It is kind of it's gorilla glue stuck there. Yep. Stuck gorilla glue. It is. Uh, it's been a busy morning for uh, global PMIs. Now it's our turn. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Yes, it is our turn, and some things aren't changing very much. These are September preliminary reads from S&P Global. They will change in a couple of weeks. On the headline number for manufacturing, it is the fifth consecutive contraction month, 48.9. And that is, well, actually, 48.9 is the strongest level uh, going back to April of this year when it was Last positive at 50.2. And speaking of 50.2, that happens to be what the services PMI is, and that is the eighth consecutive expansion. We know services have been more healthy than manufacturing, 50.2. And finally, the composite, 50.1, also the eighth consecutive month in expansion mode. And both those numbers on the services and composite are, well, they're actually the softest since January of this year, but still over 50. We see interest rates somewhat lower on the session, but definitely higher on the week. Twos are down three on the session, up nine on the week. Tens down one on the session, but up 15, one five on the week. Squawk on the street will return after a short break. Time for Jim and stop trading. You know, sometimes Carl, our colleague David Faber, would say, what's the key to this market? And today, if we're going to have a turn, there's a negative piece by Barclays about Tesla talking about a slowdown drive to potential missing quarters. If Tesla is able to turn, then I believe we could have a substantial rally because this is a very negative piece. Do you buy the Times piece that this uh, UAW regional director says workers at Tesla are starting to think about organizing, or is that just self-serving union commentary? I I was talking to Dave about organizing. I didn't even talk about organizing. There are no, Tesla doesn't, how many, what are the machines organizing? They talking to each other? Like the ones in NVIDIA? They, they do have employees. They'll hire a lot more for the Cybertruck as that gets rolling. That's in that's a right to work state. Yeah, it, it seems unlikely. I think, it was, I think but unlikely that I, there would be. Yeah, that. I agree with you. But I just want, you know, this is a true negative piece about numbers. And if Tesla can rally on that, then that says, you know what, we have, we're done dumping on every single stock in this market except for the refiners. So, One group. There's a good leadership. Valero. Valero, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bolero and Valero. <laughs> and Valero's not doing that well, just so you know. Uh, okay. How are you going to close out the week tonight? Okay, so I'm having Federal Realty on because I want to find out about the state of reach, which was just horrendous yesterday. Uh, Toby Rice, because that is the big net gas company. We talk LNG. And then Leon Topalian, this new course has been... Uh, it, 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 it's been money. It's amazing. And you know the steel industry, David. Got to ask about U.S. Steel. I mean, is oh, there any chance Nucor would look to partner in some way with Nucor, one of these bidders? Nucor does not need them. Just for something? Is there anything they, they have interested at U.S. Steel? Nothing? You don't think they, so? No. They just, they're, they're, the, they're the Michael Parsons of the 
steal Parsons. Wow. Parsons is something. Wow, fun he's, to watch. He's disruptive. Yes. Chill. So fast. <laughs> have a great weekend. I'll see you tonight at Mad Money. Carl, have a great weekend. <laughs> nice. Sick burn. When we return, uh, the latest on the UAW strike. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. Te presentamos a Alex. Ella acaba de descubrir el centro de visión de Walmart. Ahora hago mis diligencias en un solo lugar. ¿Compras? ¿Lentes? Walmart. ¿Decoraciones? Walmart. Y lo mejor es que aceptan la mayoría de seguros, así que ahorro tiempo y dinero. Bienvenido a un cuidado de visión más fácil. Bienvenido a tu Walmart. Se aplican restricciones. Visita walmart.com para más detalles.